Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to the MLMSuccess.com podcast and the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. That's right. Uh, this information is going to go out to both because I know we have different audiences for each of those podcasts. Some of you listen to both podcast every week, but a lot of uh, our audience is very separate. And the information I'm going to share with you that you're going to get ready to hear actually from Cliff Walker, I thought was so good that I just wanted to make sure all of our listeners uh, had the opportunity to listen and hopefully gain insight and inspiration from what you're getting ready to hear. Uh, As many of you know, uh, most of my one-on-one Coaching time is working with a small group, uh, 20 um, full-time network marketing leaders from around the world. Uh, That's my one-on-one time. I do um, take a certain number of one-on-one clients on an individual basis. They're not part of the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy uh, every month. And the majority of these people are... Uh, six-figure earners full-time who really want to take their business to the next level uh, and get to that seven-figure-plus potential by helping other people on their team get to six figures or full-time. And needless to say, that, that market is very small, not just because most people never get to a full-time income that enter this profession, but because most of the people that do uh, think that there's something wrong with reaching out and getting support and help from somebody that can really help them uh, develop that team of six-figure earners uh, simply because you know they've done it so they can help you do it. And it's, it's really kind of fascinating to me because... In most professions, you know, coaching is something that's pretty common and getting support and direction and insights and feedback is common in almost every profession in the world except the network marketing business model. And again, that's why I believe so many people get to six figures and then five years from that point, unfortunately, they're out of the profession and very few people are able to break the seven-figure mark from building an organization of people. And there's a lot of people that are making six, seven figures in network marketing, but they're doing it selling foo-foo dust uh, to newbies and not from actually the development of teams and organizations. So 
when I first met Cliff probably six, eight months ago over the phone. And to say that I was impressed would be a major, major understatement. Um, you know, the guy has a documented track record of success within the profession. Uh, a lot of people uh, sing his praises as far as being a very value-focused leader, focused on helping people. And, you know, it was more than evident to me when talking to him that his his he understands that uh, you know, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And it was just really um, a great experience for me to, to meet someone that had so much um, emotional intelligence and, you know, IQ and EQ, I'm sure, smart, smart, smart guy that really got outside of his own head and his own mind and got into the minds of his team members and what it was going to take to help his team members move forward and uh, just very refreshing. Uh, and But when we met on the phone, I mean, he had done his homework and, you know, uh, he hired me and we immediately got down to business. So on this podcast, really what I wanted to do was just bring him on. Uh, we've got the systems in place for his company's getting ready to launch or has launched a new um, weight loss product. And, you know, so that was how do we systemize this? How do we create our retail to recruit system? Uh, that was the courses of our, or that was the topics of our conversation for the most part. And really, we just got down to business quick because he, he was a quick study and done his homework. And, I, and that's what I originally thought. But the more I talked to him, the more I realized, you know, truth is truth. And people that have been around the profession 15, 20 years, uh, everybody comes to the same conclusions. But what we do when we come to those conclusions is what really separates the people that are really focused on uh, becoming the best leaders and helping as many people as they can and those that just want to uh, do what's comfortable and continue, I call it the dog and pony show. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy this. He drops some major, major insights uh, where he talks about three to five year game plan, why he does not believe you should close people into the business a lot of insights on what it takes to build building teams and putting together processes and so on and so forth. I know many of you, you don't just listen. You also look behind the curtain. And when you look behind the curtain and what this man shares with you guys, I think you're going to love what you see. So please enjoy this session of the podcast. Uh, when I have the opportunity to share with you my new friend, colleague, uh, someone that I've grown to really respect over the last few months um, from South Africa, Mr. Cliff Walker, originally from the United Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an absolute pleasure for me to introduce the uh, gentleman that I've got to know over the last six, eight months or so, 
tremendous success in the profession, been around a long time. Cliff Walker, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Dell. Delighted and honored as well to be on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate having you. And as we were talking earlier, we kind of met on the phone a few months ago and just kind of went to work. And really what I'd like to do is I'd just like for you to share with people, you know, your background, your story. How did you get involved in network marketing? Tell me about that first. Well, I got involved, um, or I came across network marketing in a in a different way than most people, or at least I engaged in a different way than than many people, Dale. And that was, I'd been sort of on the fringes of it. I had some friends that were, you know, trying to get me to have a look at what they were doing. They were in Amway at the time, so I was on the fringes of it. But my background is a corporate background. I spent most of my life working in sales and sales training and sales management positions in large corporate organizations. So I used to work for, my last company was a company called United Distillers. That's now Diageo, the world's biggest drinks company. Um, They have brands like Johnny Walker, Tanqueray Gin, Gordon's Gin, Bell's Whiskey, all the top brands um, Diageo had. When I worked with them, they were called United Distillers and I had a global role with them. I worked in Japan, Hong Kong, Australia, the States, Canada, right throughout the whole of the European market. And when I came to leave the corporate world, I was working on an international project. And when I decided that it was time to move on, I actually moved into management consultancy. And I became a management consultant. And I was approached by some friends of mine who worked with another consultancy that had got a project from a client that wanted to look at how they could get their products into the marketplace and avoid the high street. They were struggling to get their products through the high street. It was costing them too much money. They wanted to get their products directly into the hands of the consumers. And my friends thought I knew a bit more about this thing called direct sales or network marketing than I really did. So I did a pretty good job of selling them on the fact that I did know more. They gave me the project. I started exploring the project. I had the opportunity to interview and meet people that had great success. I looked at the model. And as a result of that, I decided it was something that I wanted to engage in. So that's how I originally looked at uh, network marketing and became persuaded, if you like, that network marketing was a great model. Because what I learned in that exercise, Dale, was that actually it made sense corporately. Remember, I was a corporate guy that moved into management consultancy. It made sense to me corporately because if you think about it from a corporate perspective, Would you like your marketing cost to be a fixed cost, which is a cost that you pay up front in the hope that you make sales, or would you rather it be a variable cost that you pay out after a sale has been made? Well, in most corporate environments, of course, it's a fixed cost. You pay your salespeople, you run your TV advertising, you run your promotions, you pay your stores for the listings, whatever you need to pay to get into the store, and and then you hope you make some sales. Of course, in network marketing, the company doesn't pay anything out until after the sale's been made. So it just made sense to me, not only from a distributor perspective where I thought, hey, I can apply my skills and make a great deal of money here, hopefully, um, but it just made sense from a, from a corporate standpoint of how to get products into the marketplace. So that's how I got started. And then, of course, my story, Dale, is similar to um, um, plenty of people. So I came from a corporate background. I was a management consultant. And I was introduced at the time by an individual who's still a great friend of mine today, um, and he was making three million a year. This is about 1997. 
he was making three million a year and I looked at what he was doing and I thought wow if he's making three million a year doing that I can make six million a year doing it Cliff's way well <laughs> you can guess what happened Cliff didn't make a penny because what Cliff didn't realize at the time that he understands now is that my friend had a proven and predictable pattern of activities that worked, and Cliff was trying to reinvent the wheel. So that's one of the things, Dale, I always try and encourage new people, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. There's a model here that works. You just have to find the right people to support you and engage in the model, partner with the right company, and get to work. So that's a little bit about how I uh, came across network marketing and how I decided to engage. That, that's fascinating. And over the years, you know, I've, I've met so many people that they look at this the, the business model, a lot of business people, and they think, my gracious, this, this is what I'm going to do. And because just from a monetary standpoint, cost of goods versus uh, what you have to, you know, your payments. And as you said, you don't even have to be concerned about marketing and promotion until after sales made are, are paying out commissions and people just are so attracted to that and a lot of times they think well if i build it they will come and then they realize they don't come they don't show up you know there's more to it than just the, those raw numbers would you agree yeah. with that yeah oh ab raw absolutely numbers attract a lot of people though yeah but I think, you know, one of the big mistakes that, or, or that has been made in, in network marketing, and, you know, I know you're addressing it and have been addressing it for years, Dell, and I've been looking to address it as well, and that, that is to a large extent the wrong people get attracted to the industry. And the reason for that, I think, is because people who are in the business are so desperately keen to get their first few people in, they'll sort of make it sound so easy that you don't have to do anything in fact if you sign this piece of paper or you click online nowadays and you sign up online you just go and sit by your letterbox you know and the checks are going to arrive as they used to of course now it comes through an online payment and that's just not reality so i think we often attract the wrong people um we often attract people that frankly you know perhaps wouldn't make it in a business because they haven't got the right mindset or they don't really want to engage in building a business but I think also you know we've done a, a bad job generally in the industry not everybody but of sort of misleading people and that is one of the reasons I think why the attrition is so high you know another thing that people talk about in the industry is it's a lot of people doing a little well I'm not so sure it needs to be that why don't we have less people doing a bit more and being productive and producing volume I think often you know, we say to people, it's a lot of people doing a little because we're making an excuse for all the people that drop out. You know, and the attrition that can happen in the industry, partly because the wrong people are brought in and partly because, you know, people are making it sound like it's, um, it's easy. So it's a real business. It takes time and effort. I remember a friend of mine saying, hey, sometimes you have to build it three times. You know, you build a team once and then some of those drop away and then you build it again and some of those drop away. And you know, by the time you built it a third time, you've pretty much got a strong, a strong foundation of people, uh, of which some of those are people that you can, uh, you can really get to grips with in terms of uh, building a business together with those people. And so I think people have to adapt the right mindset and look upon it as, you know, it's about building a long-term sustainable business, picking the right company, working with the right partners in terms of the upline support team in the right marketplace, and then rolling your sleeves up and going to work, 
you know, for at least three to five years to build the foundation. These days, people haven't got the attention span of a gnat in some instances. That's I don't right. mean that to sound rude to people, but they think they can get rich in three to five minutes. I say this isn't three to five minutes, three to five days, three to five weeks, or even three to five months. We're building a foundation for something that can change your financial future. So, you know, I, I think it's about looking to attract the right people as well and not just going through the numbers, really. Yeah, you can go through the numbers, but you don't have to. You don't have to accept everybody on your team. It's okay to tell exactly. people, you know, I really don't think this this is the the right business for you. I really don't think this is what you're looking for. And that terrifies people when we when I say that. But I really believe that. I, and I completely agree with that. I think it's a little bit easier for, for yourself and you know, possibly me as well, Dale. When we've been in a little while, we get to know that that's what we can do. And we're much more selective about the people we want to engage in building a business with and bringing into a business. I think when people get started, they're just so excited and they're so desperate to get those people in. It's like, I'll take anybody. And if we can get people to understand that this is about selecting the right people and being selective and choosy about who you want to who you want to work with. And I remember again my sponsor back in those days that was making three million a year when when he was um, initially helping me get started, he said, Cliff, I want you the founding team that you're putting together, they if you were launching a new company, a traditional company, who would you want on your board of directors? You know, what sort of people would you want to form the board of that company and it made me think in a different way than just let's make a list of anybody and hope some of them want to you know want, want to come on board we started thinking about the people we wanted so one of the things that I do with with people Dale is I start to think uh, I say to them okay let's think about what are some of the qualities you want to see in some of the people that you want to personally work with what are some of the qualities and characteristics that you want in those people so where do I start? Well, let's have a look at you individually. So if you decided to join this business, what are some of the qualities that you've got that make you a good candidate for this business? Make a note of those and then start thinking about some of the people that are successful, whether they're in the business, whether they're people you know, whether they're people you respect that you know of. What are some of the qualities that you admire in those people that make them successful? And what we look to do is we look to narrow that down to a list of about four to six qualities. You know, five is probably the optimum, but, you know, four to six qualities of people that we would like to attract. And then we use that as a template. So we use that, you know, if we've made a list of people, we then apply that template over the top of that list and say, right, who, who on this list has some of those qualities that you have decided you want in your business? Another thing we do is to say, well, where would I go to meet people that have got some of those qualities? And then the third thing I say, which is probably the first thing that I should say, hey, if you want to attract people with some of those qualities, there's your personal development program. Those are the qualities that you need to work on because if you develop those qualities, then you will start to attract people with those qualities. So, you know, I think that's a, a, a useful um, way of, of looking at who do I want to bring in to my business you know I thought about the board of directors and then you know I learned about let's define the qualities that we're looking for in the people and so it's not just let's go out and find anybody let's select the people so and then you can listen what happens is 
subconsciously you can start your mind once you define the qualities a you know who you're looking for as opposed to not having a clue and secondly your subconscious mind starts listening for the qualities so if persistence which is one of the qualities that I look for in people if I'm having a conversation with somebody and somebody's talking about oh I did this for three months and then I did that for two months and I did that for a month and then you know a year later I went off to do that you know clearly my subconscious brain is picking up on the fact that hey one of your qualities clip is persistence this individual doesn't sound like they've got any persistence or stickability at all you know have another conversation with somebody that's that's worked in a career for well I was here for five years and then I got promoted and then I did that for another three years you know you can start listening for those qualities so I think that's a good start point for people as well Dale absolutely absolutely you know success is in becoming the right person not finding the right person and exactly. you know, listening yeah. listening people will tell you they give you the clues we just we're talking too much and not listening uh, what's been so? How long? How long actually have you been involved in the profession? How 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 many years? I know it's over twenty. Just o- just over twenty. I think it was nineteen ninety seven. So what's that? Well, twenty one years now. We're in two thousand eighteen. So twenty one years. What coming from a corporate background? What what was your biggest challenge? Do you think the, the biggest lesson that you had to learn along this path? I think there were couple of things my wife learned a great lesson as well actually because when I decided to go full-time I'd been working in a, um, a corporate uh, consultancy role I was actually consulting to the the uh, company that I used to work with and I decided to go full-time and I was six figures a year in that consultancy contract and I went for, for about you know I think my first check was about thirty thirty dollars for the month I said I'm quitting I'm off you know I'm going full-time my wife nearly had a you know nearly had a heart attack and of course, now it was a gr- the best idea we ever had. The best idea we ever had. So I think the, the biggest thing that I learned, Dale, was not to reinvent the wheel, like I said earlier. You know, I came in at the time, thought I was the smart guy. And, and this often happens particularly with, you know, people that have been successful corporately or have been successful in business. I had the attitude of, hey, if, if he can do that, I can do better. Um, and I've gone on to be very successful, but many people would have would have probably quit. What I did is I went back with my tail between my legs and said, right, you know, show me how, it, how to do it properly, please. Um, and, and I learned a great deal. So I think that that was one of the, the lessons that I learned, really. One of the most important lessons was, you know, don't be out there trying to reinvent the wheel. And, and the other thing is not to be the lone soldier. You know, I call them the lone soldier, the people that are out there and don't plug into whatever else is going on. You know, they try and do their own thing. They try and do it their own way. My experience of that is it rarely works, rarely That's works. Right. And so, That's right. you know, that was another thing that I learned. Hey, I'm going to have to plug in and I'm, I'm going to have to learn some new skills here uh, because this is different from working in a corporate um, career or a management consultancy career, very different. I had some of the skills that would be useful, transferable skills, because I've been in sales and working with people, training and development. So I had some people skills and I had some sales skills that were helpful, that were transferable. But there were things I needed to learn as well about this um, this type of business, really. Yes, yes. If 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 you can get it off the ground and get it going with the skill sets and the mindset you enter with. Down the road, most of those people have problems duplicating. Yeah. You've probably seen that as well. 
Yeah, I, I think you know absolutely. You've you know you've got to you've got to really start to understand how this business works, like you do with any business. Really, you go into any business, you have to understand how does it work. You know what makes it tick. What do I need to do to make it work? And you talked about duplication. Then there's a couple of things I would touch on on duplication, um, really, Dale, if I can. And one is, sure. you know, I learned from another mentor of mine who said, hey. You know, we hear about duplication in this industry and everybody's talking about the importance of duplication. He said, there's only one thing that you really need to duplicate. And of course, I wasn't sure what that was at the time. And he said, we need to duplicate volume. Duplicating volume is ultimately what creates the income. We don't get, you know, we don't get paid for people duplicating bad habits. We don't get paid for people you know, just duplicating prospecting. We don't get paid for people just duplicating activity. We essentially get paid when volume is duplicated. So one of the models I've always taught people is the three different volumes that can be created and duplicated in a network marketing business. And, and one of those is retail volume. Another of the, that, and that's obviously gathering customers outside of the network, which is critically important, I think. The second type of volume you can generate in a network marketing business is introductory volume. That's where new people are joining and getting started with a product package. And the third type of volume is personal consumption. That's where we're using the product. So what I like to do is look at a volume model based on those three different ways that we can generate volume, and then we look to duplicate that. So I like to use a 1,000 points, for example. Some of that is going to come from finding customers. Some of that's going to come from introducing new people. Some of that's going to come from personally using the product. So we create a duplicatable volume model, and it's that that we teach through the organization. And that allows us to work out how many people do we need in our business to get the ultimate volume that's required to give me the income that I'm looking for. So that leads into something called an annual planning process that we use. And then we teach people what are the three things that you need to do to create those three volumes. So to create retail volume, you have to learn to be able to promote effectively the products. You learn to promote the products, not necessarily sell them in a way that's going to push people away, but in a way that's going to engage people and want them to find out more. Promoting the product leads to retail volume. Then you need to learn how to enroll people. I prefer the word enroll to recruit. You know, recruiting to me um, is what I learned from others is, you know, getting someone to do something that they don't want to do and getting someone to do it anyway. And when you think about network marketing, I do trainings as you do, Dell, and so many people do that. You know, I say, how many people have you brought into the bit? How many of you have brought people in that have done nothing? And everybody's hand goes up, and of course my hand's up there as well. And the reality is that maybe they've recruited those people. In other words, they've brought them in to do something that they didn't want to do, but they brought them in anyway. And then, of course, they go into hiding and they do nothing. So we look at the concept of enrolling people. People enroll from a place of choice. They enroll in swimming clubs, tennis clubs, golf clubs, knitting clubs, whatever they may do from a place of choice. So enrolling people leads to introductory volume. And then, of course... You learn to consume the product. That leads to personal consumption. So the three activities that we look to duplicate are promote, enroll, consume. We promote, we enroll, we consume. That leads to retail volume, introductory volume, personal consumption volume, and then that leads to whatever our, you know, the model is of volume that we're trying to duplicate. So that's one of the things on duplication. And I made a note as well, 
uh, just before I came on really, Dale, of one other thing that I, I thought would be useful because I know you're very much a systems guy and, and I'm into processes and systems. And what I wrote down was that if you can facilitate processes, I have a four-step enrollment process as an example. If you can learn to facilitate a process and then you can implement systems, then you can go on and be hugely successful in this industry because what you can do is you can teach other people processes and you can help other people learn how to implement systems. What you can't do is duplicate personalities. People and personalities can't be duplicated. Systems and processes can. So amen, if we've got amen. processes in Absolutely. place. Absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah. just cheering, cheering. You're right. Continue. I'm sorry, but you got me excited. No, I've, I've pretty much done on that. But yeah, if you can facilitate, learn to facilitate processes like an enrollment process, and then you can implement systems for building the business, developing people and all the other systems you need, then you know you can become successful. Isn't that common sense? Well, common sense, well, this is somebody else said this to me, common sense is rare sense, because most people don't have it. <laughs> it yeah, I mean, it, it just... But it is common sense, mind. it is common sense, yeah, absolutely, it it's is, common it sense, is. really. I mean, people, you know, Dale, I'm going to go to the seminar to learn how to close people. You know, in network yeah. marketing, we aren't talking about car sales, we're talking about I've got to learn how to We want to open people up. We don't want to close them. We want to open them up to new possibilities. That's, That's right. why I don't like the whole idea of handling objections, really. I mean, I have a process for, for handling objections, but the reality is that if you facilitate the process, you know, the reality is that some people, we use a four-step process. Step one, this is for enrolling people. Step one, qualify. What we're looking to do at step one really is disqualify people. Get rid of the That's people... Right. Who, who don't want to be, and we don't want to waste their time, and we don't want to waste our time. Second step of the process is um, inform. That's where we want to give them some information. Now, we don't want to overload them with information, and that's a mistake I see so many people making. Oh, go and look at this website. Go and listen to this podcast. Get on this webinar. Read this PDF. Go and have a look at this. Come to this. Ooh, you know, it's overwhelming for people. It's like, oh, I'm not interested. That is way too much. So we give them a short presentation, to those people who have identified themselves at the qualified step that they're interested, give them some more information. And then the third step in the process is verify. And that is like the follow-up step. Because most people, if they've seen some information, some of them may be ready to join, and that's absolutely fine. Other people want to check it out a little bit more. Well, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about the company, or I need to know a little bit more about this product or that product, or I'd like to know a little bit more about how we make money. That wasn't really clear in the presentation. So people can follow up and we can guide people to what's important to them. So that's the third step. And then the fourth step is consolidate. And consolidate is getting all their final questions answered and getting them started. And that's usually a three-way call. So if somebody's led people through the process, the reality is most of their questions have been answered by engaging in the process. So another analogy that we use, and a friend of mine came up with this a few years ago, is, is like we've got four bus stops and you're a bus driver. So your job is first of all to get people on the bus. And that's your prospect list. You get people on the bus. Now your job is to drive around the four bus stops. That's your job. You're the bus driver. So you get your people on the bus. You drive to bus stop number one. That's the qualified step in our process. What's going to happen at bus stop number one? 
Some people are going to get off the bus. Why? Because that's their stop. Your job as the bus driver is not to get off the bus and try and persuade and convince people that they should stay on the bus. Your job is to take the people that are still on the bus to bus stop number two. So bus stop number two, what's going to happen? Same thing as bus stop number one. Some people, it's their stop. They watch the presentation. It's not for them. They want to get off the bus. You're not there as the bus driver to try and persuade and convince them to stay on the bus. Your job is to get those that are still on the bus to bus stop number three and then to bus stop number four. So your job is really to become a facilitator of the process. Going back to what I said earlier, if you can become a facilitator of a process, you can become very successful. So your job in that analogy is, first of all, you've got to keep getting new people on the bus. That's your prospecting. You've got to keep getting new people on the bus. So you've got to keep going to the bus station, fill it up, new people, new people, new people, or pick them up you know, along the way. And then your job is to lead those people through whatever process. I've, I, you know, I've outlined my four-step process, but whatever process your team is using, your job is just to facilitate and guide people through that process, just as if you were the bus driver, you know, driving around those four bus stops. Um, I love that. So, I just love it. I'm going to steal that. I'll just let you know. In <laughs> you advance. can steal that. <laughs> that is, but that's the game. That's yeah, how that you is win. The game. Everybody's yeah. looking for the foo-foo dust. You know, what's the magic phrase? There is no magic. There is no, no foo-foo dust. <laughs> no, it's just keep no. your bus full. And, yeah. and don't fight them when it's their time to get off. Let them get off. Let them get off. Yeah, that's where they live. That's their stop. Yeah, so, yeah, this is good stuff. Really good. So, you know, so how did we meet? How did t- Tell me tell me that because, I mean, you know, well, we met, Del, from your perspective. From my perspective, you know, way back in those, in those early days of my career, you know, as I, because I, I did very well in, in, you know, one particular business, then I looked to move. And as I was looking to move, I was looking to see, you know, who were the players out in the marketplace, particularly in the U.S. that were doing well. And, of course, you were one of those individuals back, back then. Well, you still are, Dale, now. But, you know, at the time, you were one of those people that were out there having huge success. And I was looking to hook up. I made a couple of uh, attempts, I think, at trying to, to reach you. But, of course, we didn't have the Internet in the same way that we have the Internet uh, today, or at least, as I said uh, earlier, we I didn't know how to use it if we did have it really, but of course we didn't have Google in quite the way that we've got Google today. So, you know, it was difficult to track you down, but you were one of those individuals that I'd been watching from afar throughout my entire career really and looking at how, you know, you were doing things and how successful you'd been. And then I was looking to sort of reinvent my business here. I'm successful in what I do, but I was looking for a, a new model you know, where particularly in, in my home market of the UK, where I could go in and essentially launch a completely new uh, process and a new way of building a business that would be sustainable over the long term and would give people an opportunity to build a long-term business that w- they could reap the rewards from. Uh, and so I, I started looking around again and I thought, well, I wonder if Dale Calvert's still, arrived, uh, still around. And of course, you know, I knew that you were still around. Um, and I just went on Google uh, Google Dell Calvert, found your website, and found, found a few websites actually. I think I left a message on pretty much every site I found. And then somewhere 
I found an email address, I think, as well, and I thought belt and braces, that's a, an English phrase, you know, put your belt on and your braces, you, you call them suspenders, you know, keep your trousers up two different ways. Mm. You know, I, I sent the email um, out there as well, and that's how we connected. And like you said, Dale, really, we just went straight to work. Absolutely. And here we are, you know, six, six seven months later, whatever it is, um, having a chat on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, and and I know you you you're getting uh the new project launched and fired up about that, and uh you know really looking at it from a long term, like you three to five years, and let's just find some people that we can help really build something of significance. I know that's been your focus, and it's exciting just to you've been one of the most exciting people I've ever worked with just because of. I think because you've been around for a long time, but also just the awareness of human nature. You know, as we've discussed earlier, if people could just understand you are not looking for everybody. No. You know, it, it, it's such a big mistake that people make. Uh, so that's so we've 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 just we've never met personally. We've never shook hands yet, but I'm sure we will in the future. We definitely will. We definitely will. Yeah, um, what I know you you've got a webinar that you're going to jump on, and so I don't want to take too much more of your time. But you you kind of know my market. You know the people that we're talking to. Uh, you know where we come from as far as you know build people, people build the business, and giving them the processes, the processes, the systems is so critical. It's just beyond critical. Uh, to stack the odds of of success in their favor because if you build it on personality that will never duplicate uh, but yeah. what would you just leaving leaving this session what is the one or two things that you really really would like to drive home to people as far as you know building teams and I love your your whole thought process on, you know, systems and what, is there anything else you'd like to add? Because you you gave you gave us some awesome awesome information here, as I knew you would. But is there anything else that we that you would like to add? And then we'll talk about how people can get a hold of you. I think we've pretty much covered everything, Dale. Really, but I think it's it's recognizing that this is you know it's a real business, or you can look upon it as a new career. And the reality is that if you're pursuing a career, you've got to invest time and effort into that career. And if you're going to build a business, you have to invest time and effort into building that business. So I think people have to be willing to give it time and you know, be willing and open to learning what it is that works in this type of business. You know, how do I apply what I've got to the business that can add value? But how can I also learn what I don't know about this business to learn and then to make it work? And then also I believe, you know, people, I like to help people when they get started have an annual plan for the business, not a 30-day plan or a 90-day plan, uh, but an annual plan that will keep them engaged for the first 12 months because that helps people. You know, if we recognize this is a three- to five-year project, we're not going to really evaluate until the end of 12 months. You know, at that point we then can look round and say, hey, has it been a year well spent? We're not going to look at 30 days. We're not going to look at 90 days. Now, we have 30-day plans and 90-day plans, 
but they fit into the context of the longer term plan. So that's another thing I'd, I'd just say to people, you know, recognize it's a career or a business, um, recognize it's going to take time to build, be prepared to give it that time, understand that it's process and systems driven and not people and personalities driven, um, recognize that this is about creating volume and, and develop your own volume model for building your business that works for you, and then have some sort of planning process in place that you can help for you personally, but also as new people come in, you can help them engage. So we have three steps. Um, we talked about this, um, Dale, before we have, I have three steps in our new getting started process. One is prepare for action, and there's a number of exercises that people have to go through uh, to get into, um, to get ready for doing business. We don't want people running out in the first couple of days and blowing everybody out the water. So they have to go through a, a preparation stage and then get into action. That's where they launch their business and you've had a great value to that. And then the third step is plan for long-term success. And that's where we introduce that sort of annual planning process. So I think it's, it's, it's a number of those things really. Um, and just engage and build and recognize it takes time. It's not some get-rich-quick scheme. You know, let's leave that to the, the people that want to do that sort of stuff. We're looking to develop people and build long-term sustainable businesses that will stay around for a long number of years to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I so appreciate you jumping on with me. If people want to get a hold of you on social media, what's the best way they want to connect with you what's what's the probably the probably the easiest way um dell is if they go to my personal website it's not promoting any network marketing opportunity at all but my personal website is www.cliffwalker.com c-l-i-f-f-w-a-l-k-e-r cliffwalker.com that's probably the easiest way and my email address is cliff at cliffwalker.com so that's pretty easy as well those are probably the easiest ways to to connect if people want to connect Awesome, awesome. And uh, you're from the UK, but where are you actually located right now? Where are you? You, you have living. We are living, and I'm speaking to you from Uruguay in South America. That's so we're just coming out. Well, we're just coming into spring, getting ready for our summer, because of course we're in the Southern Hemisphere. But yes, I'm from, I'm from England. I'm from the UK, and uh, we've been over here now for for seven years and that's another great thing about this business of course you with all the technology that we've got available today my webinar now in 30 minutes time I'm going to be speaking to an audience in the UK and I'm seven eight thousand miles away <laughs> you know the technology allows us to reach out in a way that you know we didn't have when we first got started that's exactly sure. right that's exactly right Cliff thank you so much I'm sure we'll talk again soon I sincerely sincerely appreciate you uh, sharing your your wisdom uh, with our listeners. It's great. Thank you for inviting me, Dell. I really appreciate it and look forward to catching up soon. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye now. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business. And we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, Wisdom of the Ages training, or answers to your questions.